Welcome to Talking Heads, everyone. Episode 164, your once-weekly live show for the latest in beer and tech news. I'm Jeff. I'm Rhett. Thank you so much for joining us on this New Year's Eve Eve, or if you're in Australia, New Year's Eve officially, uh, since some of you are already at New Year's Eve parties, because oh. you like to get a jump start on things. If you've never seen the show before, we talk beer, we talk tech, we talk games, pop culture, entertainment, usually some Star Trek, and especially tonight, because, well, there's really not a lot of news to talk about. Uh, This is usually always kind of a dead week for news, and here we are again. Uh, Be aware that we do drink alcohol on the show. However, we do keep it family-friendly in both language and content. All Super Chats are read on the air, so long as they meet those family-friendly criteria. And if you'd like to take part in the super secret chat and the even more super secret after party, think about joining the float plane or Patreon. Links are both down in the video description. You'll get exclusive access to the Discord server where you can talk with myself, Rhett, Steve, John, all the hosts from Talking Heads, and take part in the ever-growing community that's over there. Or you can catch us on replay on uh, anchor.fm or wherever your fine podcasts are found. There we go. (laughs) I always forget the podcast one. Well, you know, it's it's relatively new, and we got a total boss handling it for us. So, we do. Uh, it's easy to forget because it's problem free. <laughs> I I don't have to touch it. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jeff, I heard you like Image Day. <laughs> uh, no, I don't like Image Day. Um, for eight years around my office, there was one phrase that I would often repeat. And that was, I hate new image day. And what did I decide to do for my last two videos? Build a windows deployment server and build a new windows image. And it sucked just as much as I remembered. (laughs) But if it helps take the pain and frustration out of someone else's week, I I'm still sort of happy to do it. I can't say that I'm happy about it because that process still sucks, but hopefully it helps someone else. <laughs> Here's our fingers crossed. Yep. All right. How you doing, Rhett? Doing okay. Um, anxious to get this this year out of the way, closed out. Yes. Um, more so than than usual. More so than a lot of other years. Yeah. You know, I feel like we all said this in 2019. And maybe even every other year before that. But like, this is one, you know, I know I'm not going to wake up come January and everything's going to be fixed. Right. I know that. But this year there's a possibility. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's just one of those you couple in uh, the, the gloomy days, the, the early nights up here where we are. And uh, yep. Yeah, you just run out of gas early, yeah. you know? We, me and Jeff are just talking. It's like, man, I fell asleep on the floor earlier. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, you know, I guess that's life uh, in this uh, in this side of my 30s, I guess, now. So, Yeah. Uh, yeah, welcome to the 30s, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I was trying to figure out a way to shoehorn that in. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of forgot about it, but yeah. No, it, it sneaks up on you. It really yeah. does. Yeah. But uh yeah, no, it as this year has been really weird because in in some ways it's been just and and for a lot of people, 
it's been one hit after the other after the other. It's been, you know, separation from friends and family. It's been a, a lot, a lot of job loss. It's been a lot of a lot of hardships really to go all around. Yeah. Um, in the meantime, I also had one of the best years of my life. Yep. I, I mean, I still had some of those hardships, and and I I still miss my friends, but we didn't hit the, uh, you know, the financial hardship over here, and yep. I even quit my job. Like, <laughs> like I I turned uh, I started talking about resigning uh, in January, like uh, to my boss as soon as I got back from CES. I went, you know, I might I. I think I'm going to look for an exit here pretty soon. And then uh, February, we, we got news of like COVID out of, out of China and whatnot. And then it hit, started hitting Europe really hard in early March. And then a couple of weeks later, you know, Oregon shut down. And uh, I, I think it was maybe a week later. He goes, you still thinking about quitting? I said, I'm still thinking about quitting. And we made it like to like May and, and we're like in the <laughs> midst of like hard lockdown in Oregon, uh, like shelter in place level lockdown. And he goes, are you still thinking you want to like dive in on your own and not have this, you know, steady eight to five job? And I went, yeah, yeah, actually get me out of here. <laughs> so, yes, I, I left my stable 13 year career in the midst of a global pandemic to make videos for YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> But hey, doesn't get better than that, you know. Work from yeah. home, living the yeah. dream. <laughs> and and you know, sometimes it just works that way. Sometimes your your luck is is better than those around you. And this was one of those years for me. Um, although I, I know a lot of people are very down on their luck this year. I I know quite a few people who have lost jobs, been laid off, you know, yeah. they're they're making half as much as they did last year. Yeah. Um, it's tough all around. Uh, well, you it know, really is. I've always I've always heard it said in a lot of sectors that um, that there is um, money and misery, which is kind of like a really crappy saying. Uh -huh. But when there is big crises like this, um, there is lots of opportunity for people to if, expand if their careers. If you're in the right industry or you yeah. find a job at that time. Yeah. Yes. And I, and I don't mean to, I, I'm not trying to take away from anybody's struggles or no, anything no, like ab that. Absolutely not. Cause obviously it, it's not going to be that way for every single person across the board, but yeah. there are opportunities out there for many people to expand their careers or jump into a new field or learn something new or right. whatever it might be. And so, um, so sorry, real quick, uh, Kenny, uh, chimed in and said, please help. I have a Goose Island 2019 and a 2020. Which one should I drink? And I'm assuming you're talking a Bourbon County Stout and I'm assuming you're talking a the, just the standard bottle. Um, if you're drinking just the standard bottle, I would drink the 2019. I think the 2020 um, would do well with a little bit of aging. Um, like it's it's really good. Um, but But man, that one's going to smooth out even nicer. Uh, like 2020 has been one of the best ones since like, like 2017 was another like phenomenal year and 2020 is there as well. But if you age this 2020, and by the way, they only made like a quarter of their normal amount and they limited the, the distribution to very much the Illinois area. Um, if you can hold on to one of those, you could trade that bottle for literally anything you want in the future. Whereas the 2019 <laughs> is not nearly as valuable. So if it were me, I'd open the 2019. There Good you go. Advice. Good advice. 
Speaking of opening some beers, uh, you got a beer? I got a beer. Um, I have I a beer have, as well. I also have a glass of bourbon. Oh, there you go. That I, I wanted to um, toast to the new year and toast to craft computing and uh, this leg of, of your career and toast all of our fans. And thank you. And um, on to new and better and new and more bigger. exciting and yeah. bigger. Definitely bigger. Hopefully bigger. Yeah. Well, cheers to you on that, friend. Cheers you. to you all at home. What bourbon are you drinking? I say as you're taking the drink. <laughs> yeah. I'm drinking um, Bullet. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Uh, so I started uh, these beers uh, from a very good friend of the channel, Novella Hub. He's over on the, the, the Patreon. Thank you so much, Novella Hub, for sending these over. But I drank the first two of them. So I, I had the Herd of Turtles original, and then I had the barrel-aged version one. And then, like, Thanksgiving came and I stopped <laughs> drinking. So now I have the final bottle in Herd of Turtles version two uh, from Shake Brewing. Uh, so this is an imperial stout loaded with pecan, cocoa nibs, and vanilla. And... The first one was like really, really good. The second one was blowing my mind. And I and so I I have really high expectations for this beer. Now it is a full 750 mil and it is 12.1%. So tonight I have a beer. Because <laughs> nice. I I don't think I can make it through more than that tonight. Yeah, <laughs> I do not blame you. So like some days, yeah, I could probably, you know, have a, another thing on the back end tonight. No. <laughs> all right. Let's get this nothing wrong with that. Here. Yep. There's nothing wrong at all with moderation. Although I say moderation with I'm only going to have the 750 mil 12.1 stout. <laughs> Make sure you all let us know what you're drinking in the chat. Yes. Got lots of good stuff I've seen. And I think we had a super chat a second ago. I'll scroll back up to that one here in just a yeah, sec. Yeah, yeah. Super chat from Dan. $2. Thank you, Dan. He says, first time here. Woo. Love your song, Once in a Lifetime. I didn't know I had a song. I, I, I wasn't sure what he meant either. <laughs> Come and knock on our door. Yeah, <laughs> we waiting for you. Yeah. I can never Who remember knows? the lyrics, sorry. <laughs> also, I got these really cool cocktail glasses for, for uh, Christmas. Ooh, gold rims. Oh, nice. yeah. And a little holiday nice. theme. You got some holly. and Oh, yeah. So, I like those. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, the frosted holly on there. Yeah, it's, it's actually really nice. I've been using every excuse possible to drink out of them. <laughs> I do that with all my glasses. Um so, uh, I did have a comment earlier on, Jeff, have you ever used fog and fog is in reference to, uh, a, an open source pixie boot system for installing both windows, Win images, as well as Linux distros. Um, I've heard of it and I've seen it run. I have, I really have no experience with it myself. Um, we were probably about an 85 to 90%, uh, windows enterprise environment, uh, and the rest the other 9% was Mac and maybe 1% Linux. And that 1% was like for me and my network guy. <laughs> so, um, yeah, uh, we, we never bothered putting anything together 
because we always just preferred to to roll our own install on whatever we were doing that day. We didn't have a standardized Linux install that we had to push out. Um, but I'm definitely interested in uh, in giving that a whirl. Um, but as I have no experience, there there are some things that I like to cover when I don't have experience with, like enterprise cloud gaming solutions. That's a lot of fun to dive in and have everyone <laughs> laugh at me of how little I know because none of you know anything either. <laughs> I'm generalizing. There's like two people who who do, but um but yeah, they here? to to watch me go through the the slog of the Nvidia licensing server and all the requirements to get it up and going and the dependencies upon layers of dependencies only to get like 24 frames per second in crisis. Like man, that video had a payoff. Um but uh, there are other aspects that I'm not an expert in uh, that I try to leave those topics for other experts. I don't want to muddy the waters just uh, even as an enthusiast coming in. Um, I don't think I'll ever do a video on PFSense because I had other people manage PFSense for me. I know what PFSense is. I've gotten in there and I've changed routing and changed firewall rules. And I understand firewall rules, but I'm not the authority for how to set up a PFSense box in an enterprise environment and have it be safe and secure. And I certainly don't feel like my tutorial should would be the one you'd want to follow if that's what you're aiming for. Um, I'd rather leave that to people who deal with PFSense every day or or deal with firewalls in general every day. Now, internal networking, as far as switching and everything else, I'm totally golden there. Um, but uh, yeah, there's a couple topics that I don't want to be seen as a point of authority on because then you get called into question on things. Whereas for Windows deployment services, I am certified to use Windows deployment services to push out Windows Vista. That is one of my certifications. <laughs> Windows Vista, Windows deployment services. <laughs> yep. Luckily, it actually hasn't changed all that much since the Vista days, except <laughs> except they include a lot more crap you need to strip out of Windows 10. But personally, I prefer that they know what I'm doing, where I'm doing it. I prefer that they listen into my conversations and that they use that to push better ads to me. <laughs> yeah, I'm wondering if we can just talk about something that we never talk about tonight and see if we get ads for it tomorrow morning. <laughs> we probably would. I know. But I what's know. something we never talk about, though? Yeah. Uh, boy, I don't know, actually. Bird watching. <laughs> bird watching. You ever go bird watching? Uh, you know, I was just thinking I need to get a good set of binoculars. Maybe some Nikon or Bushnell? No. You want to go Leica. Leica? Ooh. It's hard to, it's hard to poo-poo Leica. Although, <laughs> when it comes to, to Binox, I'm actually a little bit more of a Nikon fan. So, oh, I don't blame you. Yeah, Nikon's no. got some pretty good glass there. I've got uh, some Vortex somewhere around here. Not too bad. All right, let's get a couple of drink shout outs going in here. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, Novello Hub says he's drinking a Shakopee Brew Hall beer. Uh, so he's got uh, got a Shakopee over there as well. Uh, Magic Rat got a Glenlivet 15. Excellent. Nice. Um, I I love their twelve. I, I uh, one of my standard bottles of scotch that I usually have on hand is the Glenlivet twelve, but the fifteen is really really good too. Um, let's see. Jojo's drinking a Cincinnati IPA from Rheingeist. Awesome. Uh, let's see. Patrick Bourbon. That's the ticket. 
Yes, it uh, is. Choo choo. Let's see. I uh, early up in the chat, I had a good morning from from Europe. Where was that from? Hmm. Um, it was early on in the chat. Oh, good morning from Europe. Uh, it's I T Z. It's good morning from good morning Europe. Good Cheers. morning. Good good evening from uh, from the West Coast. Um, let's see. If I and if I missed you, I'm sorry. I'm not looking that hard. <laughs> uh, cold strife tradition. Cold zero. Gene's got a bottle of wine. We can't leave it at that. You got to tell us what wine you're drinking. Like bottle of Coke. Sure, it's a bottle of Coke, but you can't just say Gatorade and leave us guessing. I don't know if it's a good one like you know Glacier Cherry or like a bad one like the Cool Blue G2. <laughs> Maybe it's knockoff Gatorade and you're drinking Powerade. You know the Powerade's not bad if you drink yellow. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I developed a weird taste for yellow Powerade over the years. <laughs> All right. That and homemade Mexican breakfast burritos. It, that, that was my, my go-to standard breakfast oh, meal yeah. for like three years. Yellow Powerade, handmade breakfast burrito with one packet of hot sauce because they were cheap skates. Learn how to make that hot sauce last. Yeah. Uh, purple pillow will hit all of your social media. Actually, I have a purple bed that I paid money for and a purple pillow. <laughs> that was my... Rhett actually helped me carry it in. I did. Yeah. <laughs> how heavy was that SOB? <laughs> you know, actually, you made it sound like it was going to be really bad. I was actually kind of surprised by how easy it was. Yeah, it, it opened up really easy. Um, getting it in the house was was a bit of a chore. Yeah. Um, it... It weighs about as much as like four body bags. <laughs> I know that's a weird reference, but depends on who's in them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> four body yeah. Bags. Uh, lately, my go to breakfast has been uh, doing uh, just egg muffins. Uh, mm. I, I do uh, English muffin with egg on it. And uh, so, you know, an egg McMuffin. <laughs> um, but no, we uh, last year for Christmas, I got a double egg McMuffin maker. And so. Mm. You put the English muffin bottoms in, you close one of the panels on it, you crack an egg straight into it, you close it, you let it cook for like two minutes, you open it up, you put another muffin top on top or cheese or sausage or whatever you want, let it cook another minute, and you got egg McMuffins, and they're perfect. Nice. So, I used to do that in my toaster oven. But, yep. But yeah. uh, well, I, 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 used to, I used to have like the little silicone egg yeah. thing that you'd put on the stove, and I got, I got really good at doing that. But, uh, but no, having this is just, it's a breeze. Um, it yeah. takes one minute to, to preheat it is all. And you're eating within six. It's like, it's perfect. Um, and, uh, it's actually Mrs. Uh, my daughter, my oldest daughter, uh, that's her breakfast of choice too. So usually when I wake up in the mornings now, I, I make us each a, an English muffin. Oh, nice. So, yeah. That's a fun little ritual. Yeah. Oh. <sighs> So I don't think this one's quite as good as version one. It's still really good. Like it's still a barrel aged Imperial cocoa and pecan stout. Like it's, it's good. I don't want to come off as, as too negative on this. It's not quite as smooth there. There's a little bit of harshness right at the back. Um, it, it tastes a little bit more booze forward than the version one did. Um, although I am getting, 
a little bit more of a richer note, especially like like the earthy, like like the pecans are really, really coming through. Um, whereas I got a lot more chocolate and coffee with the version one. So these are definitely two different blends. But this one's really good, too. Oh. But one was better. <laughs> mm. Perfect. My bullet tastes like bullet. <laughs> Super solid staple bourbon. What yeah. are you going to do? <laughs> oh, bull bullet bourbon's great. Um, I usually buy the bullet rye in the the 1.75 mil mm. um, to uh, and, and I've got a little one that I refill so I can keep that one upstairs and I've got the big one downstairs in case that one ever runs out. Oh, nice. Smart. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's it's a staple for sure. Yeah. Overclock the egg McMuffin maker. <laughs> <laughs> Could be your fire truck video lime Linus. Uh, is someone saying make a video review of the egg McMuffin maker? Cause I'll put that on the, on the Patreon. I'll totally do that. That'd be a good video. I'll, I'll review that. I'll review that tomorrow morning. <laughs> it's a double too. So you can make two at a time. It's great. <laughs> and in fact my dad was over for christmas this last weekend and uh first time i'd seen him in like six months and uh uh he was he was telling me how every morning when he wakes up now because they just bought like 40 acres and he retired and so he's got nothing better to do he goes i've been making myself breakfast every morning which is something i only did on the weekends and he goes what i've been really digging right now is i'm making like like, like english muffin sandwiches and i went mm. yeah we we do that too that's cool and he goes yeah so i, I get the egg already and I, and I and i said well i've got this maker i've got a double and it's really neat and then i remembered i actually got two for christmas last year i got a single and i got oh, a double nice. because two people bought and so i gave him the single <laughs> and, nice. and so now he's rocking the the new little machine too god you so. just made his day i did that's awesome <laughs> I don't I, have I any new yeah. cute breakfast rituals. No. I make coffee and then I rush out the door to go to my miserable office job. Yeah. <laughs> Where my, I leave a little piece of my soul every time. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe we'll have to fix that for you in the next year. Hey, that'd be really great. <laughs> really great. Wink, wink. Uh, if you want to see Rhett start doing my video editing for me, and God, I sure would like it. <laughs> Make sure to subscribe to the Patreon or the float plan. Links are down in the video description. Yeah, yeah. He's also taking Venmo tonight. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Join Rhett's OnlyFans. <laughs> it's a live stream of me editing videos and nothing but my skivvies. <laughs> It isn't a work day if you don't die a little. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Uh, anyway, um, as I alluded to early on, we don't have a lot to talk about tonight. <laughs> so I'm glad our, our conversation went into, uh, you know, egg muffins, because that was really, really fun. Um, but uh, what do you guys want to talk about tonight? Uh, barring you guys having any good ideas, uh, I was thinking maybe we'll just go back on maybe some of our news stories, our favorite news stories from the year. Um, maybe a little bit of a year in review for the channel. Uh, yeah. so what do you guys want to see? Uh, is it the Hamilton beach one? I think it's a Hamilton beach. I'd have to, I'd have to look. He's already floundering. This is going to be yep. an interesting video, Jeff. Yeah. 
I mean, you already said you don't like to make videos of things you're not an expert on. And I right. Are you an expert on? I like to consider myself an an expert on English muffin sandwiches. An expert. An expert. <laughs> Got him. How about this? I'll put a sur- I'll put this out for uh, the masses. A little survey here. So every every Tuesday night, I've been having a, a, a an old fashioned game night, if you will. Uh, and by so, old fashioned, I mean. So if everyone wants, sorry, sorry to interrupt you. If everyone wants to see the egg muffin maker that I use, I just put an affiliate link down in the chat. So there you go. And that it was, was the great. Hamilton Beach. Oh, nice. Well, well spotted, sir. Anyway, you were making an old fashioned. I apologize. Not old fashioned. Get out of here. Uh, <laughs> if you guys want to give me your your classic game night, video game night recommendations for that classic land party feel. Uh, listen in the chat. Um, I've been doing Tuesday night game nights. We kind of went through and did some classics. We played some Unreal uh, Tournament 2004. We've played some the classic Star Wars Battlefront 2. We've played Counter Strike. I love Battlefront 2. Oh, such man, a good so game. Good. The only issue we had when we played it was that we couldn't create a private match that allowed. We couldn't figure out how to allow more than four players. So we had to jump in and play online. Yeah, I think you can do a hosted private server and mm-hmm. you can then up the count. But I think if you're running just the game client, you can only do a private match uh, over with four. That makes sense. Um, and so I think you have to run a dedicated server, which uh, next time you want to do it, let's let's talk. Let's yeah. see if we can figure something out. That'd be fun because our, our, our idea was we had, you know, I don't know, like 12 people for that night. Mm-hmm. And we were just going to shut off bots and maybe like play Conquest or something, you know. But yeah. Uh, we couldn't quite figure it out. Uh, we just played Halo last night, Derek. So uh, love, uh, that was love like, CE. Hey, oh, so man. good. So I was also really surprised. We went through because when you uh, install the Halo Master Chief collection, uh, Halo Reach is like the <laughs> default install. And I was so against it. But we ended up playing it while we were waiting for other people to finish installing CE and Halo 2 and stuff. Mm-hmm. And... um holy crap, like Reach ended up being really good. Like yeah. I had no idea. Um, so it was really fun to go back through though and visit CE and visit um, Halo 2 and uh, stuff like that. So we had a lot of fun with Halo. That ended up, man, the pure, the, the, the sheer amount of game modes in Halo alone makes it like <laughs> the perfect land game. Like it really reminded me of Unreal in that way. Like, yeah. For my bachelor party, I had a bunch of guys over and we played Halo. We had a giant Halo LAN party, and that's all we did for like 12 hours. Uh, that sounds so fun. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. Um, and and this was 2006, so we all hold, hauled uh, CRTs over, like 27-inch TVs and Xbox you know, original Xboxes and land them all together and played Halo because I was the only one who had network switches and uh, put them all into my one bedroom apartment. (laughs) (laughs) We had 10 guys there, I think. That's awesome. That's perfect. It was was great. One time my parents were gone when I was in high school and our big thing was poker nights and Halo. And so we brought Mm -hmm. a bunch of people over and we played Halo and uh, you remember my friend Taylor from Game Devs Quest. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, he, w- he was late to the night, and I think he had high expectations of the night. Mm-hmm. He just got off work, and he came in, and we'd already been playing for like an hour. So we're warmed yeah. up. We're loose. So we're just like 
taking him to task. Normally he's, he's a competitor, you know, he's yeah. a contender for the top. We're just taking him to task and he starts getting really worked up. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm trying to be all like good spirit. I'm like, dude, like, you know, we've got to warm up. Like, don't worry about it. It'll come around. And he, and he, he just starts cussing him. He's like, dude, shut up. Just shut up. <laughs> and I, you know, I'm a little stupid controller. Yeah. So I started just like antagonizing him a little bit. Just <laughs> he yelled at me and cussed at me so loud that the cops were called on us. <laughs> That's and he's awesome. like the most chill, relaxed person of all time. Yeah. Um, but American uh, Cosworth here says, "Rep, my dog either dislikes you or really likes you." Check talking heads for proof, and I did. And for, dog yeah, for, further just, up in the further up in the Discord, he says, "My dog is watching the stream on a 175 hertz monitor, and she really does not like it when Rhett talks. It's hilarious." I think she likes it. I think she likes it. I don't yeah. know what it is, but dogs are obsessed with me. I do not <laughs> normally go out of my way to like be nice to. Do- I mean, I love dogs, obviously, but like. Uh, there are so many dogs whom I have a personal, like, neutral relationship with, and I may as well be like God to them, <laughs> like my brother's dog. I am not necessarily nice or go out of my way to like spoil that dog, and she just thinks the sun shines straight out my butt. She like cries when I'm at the door. Adorable. <laughs> Command and Conquer. That's a good uh, good recommendation too. AOE two. Uh, is on the list. We'll AOE 2 is usually high on my list. Yeah. You got to get an OG StarCraft match in as, every once in a while, too. You know, that's not a bad idea. I was trying to I was trying to figure that out. It's hard to... There, some of these games are we're kind of limited by player count, and I right. like... I, I really like having sort of an open lobby type game where people can jump in, jump out. And so, like, 16 players seems to be kind of the sweet spot for that. Uh, we've been playing some games that are lower. Like we've been playing a lot of Rocket League, which like private mm-hmm. Rocket League is just mm. so fun. Mm. Yeah. So good. Uh, me and some friends uh, a couple years ago took over a, a barcade down in Eugene and we had a uh, uh, three on three Rocket League going with all of my friends down there. Mm. And it was incredible so because uh, uh, so this is a an arcade and bar. And so you can go and have a shot and a beer and then go sit down and we had commandeered the uh, like 120 inch projection screen. And so there were six of us playing. <laughs> that's awesome. It was great. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, there's something super magical about Rocket League. In fact, we used to, I mean, we used to land all the time when I was in high school and one of our go we did a lot of mods and Carball was a mod for Unreal T- Tournament 2004 that was like super addicting and fun. And it was mm-hmm. Rocket League. Um, and so when Rocket League came out, I was like, I have been talking about Carball for years. This is amazing. <laughs> and yeah, it just, it, the yep. gameplay is so tight and fun. Yep. Rocket League is one of my favorite games just to like sit down and, and play for 20 minutes. Yeah. Like, and, and you can, that's the best part about right, it. Right. That's know? the best part is you can, you can jump into a game, play, play two or three matches and then get up and go about your day. Yeah. It's not so engrossing that. Right. You know, I mean, it's thing. engrossing. I can play for six oh, hours, but God. Well, the other day I sat down because I finally figured out how to link my PlayStation account with my Epic account on my PC. Epic. (laughs) Yeah, I know. But uh, Rocket League is there and it's free Mm -hmm. now. So it's like, okay, I'll link it to my computer. I'll figure this all out and um, finally figured it out. So I hopped on and was playing 
And, uh, you know, of course I haven't played in so long. I was unranked. So I was doing one V one competitive games and, um, yeah, man, like went through just like dominating, got, uh, got ranked platinum, uh, whatever the bottom platinum is. And I was like, wow, I am so good at this. And then I played last night with my brother doing doubles and I couldn't barely, we've lost like every game we played. I was like, oh man, I was doing so good in solo, but I think it's just because people never play solo <laughs> and I've got to be like the one person that does. Yeah. Um, but you know, I love competitive games, but yeah. you know, you play Dota two and you've got an hour down the drain. You play Counter-Strike Go, you've got an hour down the drain. Yeah. Like there like there's something so fun about the way games are set up in those scenarios. People who are trying and are taking it serious and have the time commitment and things like that. Yes. But it's a huge time commitment, you know. And then at least for me, I had to stop playing as much competitive games like that because you lose a couple games, man, you get tilted and your whole day just turns upside down. Like, yeah, I'm kind of com- like obsessive for me. That's a big reason I gave up most online gaming. Yeah. Um, I was big into online gaming late 90s, early 2000s and and all the way until probably 2008, 2009. Um, around that time, something I think shifted. It either shifted in me or it shifted in everyone else um, in that it stopped being fun and it started being just the competition. Yeah. And uh, I saw this in the Starcraft community first and foremost, because I played a lot of Starcraft. I played a lot of uh, dark forces Two Jedi Knight uh, on, on some Assassin mod total conversions for like modern weapons. So it's like we were playing call of duty years before you guys were. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but I remember this shift when Starcraft two came out because Starcraft, you would, play the game and one match would last 45 minutes to an hour. And it was about army building and taking over the map. And, and, and it was really like juggernauts going at it. And what Starcraft two became, even though it's the same mechanics is the player base went straight to sneak attacks, getting like two Zerglins into your base to, yeah, the to, rushes and stuff. yeah, just, just the one or two unit rushes to, to kill your inventory early. And then, matches are like seven minutes long it's like i can't even get halfway through my development tree in seven minutes yeah so what's the um, point that i think that's the rise of esports um so i don't think i think and yeah that happened around that same time too yeah was was esports started it's partially becoming what it is it's partially you because i Mm -hmm. i have the same exact reaction that you're describing so by the way cloud strife i see your super chat i'll get to you in just a second because i do want to give that one a little time no you're good um so I do think it's partially you because I feel the same exact way and it feels like me, but it's also the rise of esports and me. I'm, it's like my reaction to that, like, because you used to be able to play Starcraft and yeah, there were strategies mm-hmm. and things like that, but the meta changed so, so much slower. Yeah. And so when you had your strategy, you know, you could really lock in good things, good builds, good mm-hmm. things like that. But then esports and all of a sudden, I mean, they are min-maxing the game. They're optimizing the game. It's about APM all of a sudden. And I remember when people were like criticizing my APM when I was playing the game, I was like, oh, this game's not for me. Like, (laughs) And I I never quite got that feeling with Dota 2, and I don't know quite why. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, I definitely, 
I don't know, maybe it was just because I was much more able to keep up with the meta and I enjoyed it and things like that. Whereas Starcraft was so much further away from my, mm. my, I don't know, field of view, but you know, that is part of it. It's like, Oh man, like, I mean, I remember when the fast push strats came out in Dota two and a game supposed to last like an hour. And these guys would be pushing and destroying your ancient in 15 minutes. Yeah. These, and you know, which is a, a great strategy if you're prepared for it and you know the meta and you're playing a draft. And okay, you see them getting those heroes. Well, you're going to counter draft. You're going to get these people to stop that or do this or do that. And then maybe you, you cancel their fast push strategy and you can carry in the late game. And that's like, so there's stuff to it like that, but it, it's a lot harder to counter in StarCraft if you don't know what they're doing because, yeah. you know, there's not a hundred different heroes. There's, you know, three uh, factions and mm-hmm. handful of different builds within each faction. I don't know. So anyway, the point being yep. is that I think the rise of esports really changed the field of uh, competitive games. Right. And StarCraft was one of the ones that really brought to the forefront esports gaming yeah, uh, sure. because of how big it was in Korea. And then because it got huge in Korea, it started getting huge in the US. It was StarCraft oh, yeah. was and and still in in some cases is one of the largest, you know, worldwide events as far as tournaments go. Oh yeah. Um and but it was right at that dawn of of StarCraft 2 where all of a sudden it wasn't just like the top level players who were trying to be uber competitive and actions per minute and things everybody. like that. It was everyone. Yeah. And uh and that to me is when StarCraft stopped being fun because I don't have 30 hours a week to grind in yeah. Starcraft to, to learn my strats and everything else. I, I know the trees by heart, like the tech trees, they're ingrained in my brain. Um, but I was about building out, you know, getting siege tanks, getting, you know, like yeah. actually building an army. And you want to play a beautiful game, right? I wanted to play a beautiful game and I wanted, <laughs> I wanted, I wanted both of us to have full 200 unit armies and see who comes out better because of your strategy. Not because of who blew up my SCVs first. Yeah. That's what I want. And uh, and like I said, it was right around that 2006, 2008 time. Number one, I had less time to play games. Number two, the strategy just changed top to bottom. Yeah. Um, anyway, Cloud Strife, $5 donation. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Uh, quick question. I assist a class for student learning A plus and network plus. I would like to set up an online active directory environment. Best way, low cost to freeway. Um, the biggest question is, do you have, well, number one, how many, how many students and how many like nodes, uh, do you need to connect to? You can do active directory kind of open to the internet. You'd have to have a, uh, an authoritative DNS server, which active directory could serve as. So people could actually find your domain and join it. Um, there, there is some risk to having active directory exposed to the internet as a, as a host, there's people who will try to attack you, so make sure your firewall and security is locked down before you open an Active Directory server to the net. Um, but there are ways to do that. Um, if you wanted an internal system, you can actually spin up a virtual machine with uh, with versions of uh, 2019 server. Uh, says about 40 tops on students. Okay, so are you thinking each student would have their own Active Directory client? And and are you, you wanting them to get, get a grips with Active Directory or are you wanting them to have like file access within the Active Directory system or get certain policies? Um, because if if you were just trying to get them familiar with the Active Directory system, 
you could set up a bunch of virtual machines on a server and give them remote access to that way easier so it becomes a LAN environment instead of a WAN environment. Um, versus if you want them to connect their own machines to your AD server, that gets a little bit more complicated. Um, so, um, even with, with 40 students, um, I'm assuming you might have 15 at a time that are online. Uh, you could do that with a single, you know, X99 dual, dual server, or even a single X99 server, uh, something with 12 cores or even 16 cores. And you can do that pretty inexpensive, uh, trying to replicate a, a corp environment. Um, okay. Uh, what you're going to want to do in that environment then is I would say set it up completely as a virtual machine LAN network and allow them access to remote in to manage that network. Um, and so you would basically set up a lab and then give them some form of remote access. You know what? Actually, guacamole would probably work really well for that. Uh, check out my my uh, server on or my video on managing servers with guacamole because you can de uh, define access rights for each student. You can give each student essentially either their own virtual machine that they have remote access to or uh, a group of machines that they have access to. You can replicate a corporate environment within your own LAN and keep it nice and secure and then delegate out uh, remote access rights to your students. Uh, just password and, and, and uh, or username and passwords. Um, so something like that would be um, uh, no person PC used on their end. Um, okay, so I'm, yeah, I'm assuming you want like an, an internal LAN environment. Yeah, check out my my video on setting up Guacamole. It's a remote desktop client that's uh, basically just a web server that you can allow, you can open that server up to the web just with HTTPS. And then they can remote into that server and then remote into clients within your LAN environment. And so if you set up a bunch of virtual machines and uh, uh, and each of those can join an Active Directory domain, you can see how group policy propagates and, and they can learn to manage it. That's how I would go. Just spitballing, but but uh, that's that's how I would do it in a situation like that. So I opened a beer. Yep. Ooh, what'd you open? Uh, from my hometown, um, from the Benedictine Brewery, uh, Tyrant Cascadian Dark Ale. Um, yeah, we got that right there. Perfect. Yeah, there you go. Ba -da -ba -bum. Cascadian Dark Ale. Um, yeah, it's really good. Malty. It uh, really reminds me of just like a, um, you know what, like a, almost like an Amberbach, something like that. It's got a very light, crisp body, just with a full, rich flavor. Um, it's not too bad. Uh, I got a case of... Uh, well, I got two cases. I got a case of this Tyrant Cascadian Dark Ale, and I got a case of their other, I think it's a, I don't know what it is, some sort of strong ale maybe, um, but uh, called the Black Habit. And uh, they're really good. And I don't think that they're necessarily available many places, but for those of you guys in the Pacific Northwest, I, I saw some people talking about Portland and 
I think American Cosworth was talking about skiing bachelor and things like that. If you ever on a road trip and you're going through Mount Angel, Oregon, they got a really good tasting room with some really good food options. Mm -hmm. I, I really recommend it. Um, their beer's not, you know, it's not mind blowing, but it's really solid. And I, I really kind of appreciate the the tradition that they try to keep, uh, you know, monks, uh, monks brewing beer, you know, that's like an old school medieval thing. And, um, um, I think it's pretty neat. I've always, I grew up right at the foot of that Abbey and kind of cool to see him, uh, doing stuff like that. So yep. good beer, 7.2. So it's, you know, fairly strong. Yeah. But it's flavorful and, and not too thick, not too yeah. heavy. Nice. Now, I Benedictine's one of those ones. I don't know that I've ever had a bad beer from them. And yeah. you can only get it there. You can only get it at, at the brewery because it's brewed there in the Abbey and they sell it there in the Abbey. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's it's pretty fantastic. Now, there are a couple of bottle shops who will go and buy a couple of cases of it. And so I can uh, it's shown up at Capital Market a couple of times. And there's yeah. a couple of the places around town that'll get it. But it's very, very rare. And it's usually like we have these six bottles. Yeah, <laughs> they do. Um, they do 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 do. <laughs> they make kegs for the Mount Angel Oktoberfest, which is our huge event there. I think it's like the second or third largest event in mm -hmm. the state of Oregon every single year. So if you guys yep. want to go and see a cool Oktoberfest, they obviously canceled it this last year because how could you not? Um, but when it comes back, um, they have kegs of this stuff ready to go and you can listen to cool live polka music and drink some awesome monk beer. Mount Angel Oktoberfest is always incredible. Yeah, I've you know, I've been to thirty of them. Well, no, twenty nine because they canceled the last one. Wow, that's really depressing. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh huh. <laughs> but and and most of the events that I was planning on going to next year have already been canceled. Yeah, I bet. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, I I don't know that I'm going to get on a plane again until twenty twenty two. And. Yeah. And honestly, that was one of the coolest perks of this of this thing that I'm doing here was getting to travel because I've never gotten to travel before. Yeah. And all of a sudden I'm going full time. And it's like, yeah, it's going to be another two years before you get to jump on a plane again. You know what, though? <laughs> you know what, though? Things go back to normal mm -hmm. and we go to the safest COVID free country on the planet. We fly to Taiwan, Taiwan. baby. We should go to Computex. Yes. I was I, I was going to go to Computex. I was going to go to LTX. I was going to go to QuakeCon again. We were obviously going to go to CES again. We I had a lot of travel plans for 2021 and for 2020. I was going to go to LTX. I was uh, considering going to to uh, to Taiwan. But uh, right about the time I needed to buy tickets was like, oh, COVID is a thing. And I went, oh, I probably should wait. <laughs> so I didn't. What um did they cancel CES for this year? I mean, yeah, yeah. CES yeah. is online only this year. It, it makes sense, but I just wasn't sure. I haven't kept up with. I don't look at stuff very closely because I don't want to be disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> so. They better not cancel San Diego Comic Con. Um, <laughs> isn't that usually in June or July? Is it? I'm trying to remember when Comic Con is. I think it's in this. Yeah, I don't know. It's in. Sorry. It's in early to midsummer. I've never been to San Diego Comic Con, so yeah. Uh, Level has the best uh, labels. They absolutely do. Level Brewing. 
Oh yeah, they're all the retro games. gaming inspired labels. Yeah. They're Pac Man, Mario, and Super Punch Out, and all all kinds of great stuff. Yeah, that was the last event I went to was the Portland Retro Gaming Expo in 2019. <laughs> that was like the last big thing I went to. Well, I went to a concert last January, but yeah. But as far as like show big, yeah. My show my last time on a plane was getting off the plane from CES this year. Um, my last time. You know, my last time on a plane though was also CES. I'm, I'm trying <laughs> when to. I went. <laughs> I know I haven't left the state since, but I'm I'm trying to think. I've been up to Portland twice because I went to I no at least two or three times because we went to IKEA a couple times after we bought the new house and we were settling in in January and February. So I know I went to a, up to Ikea a couple times then. Yeah. You had to get your de- your countertop, right? Had to get the countertops and no, we had the countertops built in December before I left. Um, and so <laughs> I, I went up there. I remember to get a chair and, and a couple other odds and ends in like February. And then I think we went up there again in August, I think August or September. And we got a couple of more things. Um, but uh, yeah, Scott says it's in July and I wouldn't hold my breath for San Diego <laughs> Comic-Con. And yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um, uh, I'm I'm already hearing they're not even planning on doing LTX again for 2021. It's not going to be another thing till 2022 because all of these large events, they take a year to plan. Do you realize CES has like 80 full-time employees that their only job is to plan for CES for the four days in Vegas? That's yeah. their job. Yeah. And it takes an entire year to set all that up. And I'm surprised they waited as late as they did to call it because yeah, like Computex was already talking like, no, we're not going to do 2021. And, well, but then, you know, that's, that's Taiwan. I mean, they Taiwan, like right. 40 cases nationwide. Right. Last time I right. looked, you know, it's like, like they're going to let our asses in. <laughs> yeah, our passport ain't good anywhere. Mm. We can go to Mexico and Turkey last the time I looked. So, <laughs> Huh, decisions, decisions. <laughs> I mean, hey, Istanbul is like super high on my list. But do I want to go right now? What if two countries to let us in? <laughs> Let's see, is Ergodon still in power? Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <sighs> I, wasn't there something about Turkey in the news last year? Just nonstop. Right. Quid pro oh, quo or oh, something. What were oh, right. About? The genocide. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, God. Ugh. Life's depressing. Yeah. Uh, Mexico did block us, Javen, but um, yeah. actually they um, they really need tourism. So uh, one of my coworkers just went to Cabo. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe Maybe it's limited. Maybe it's whatever. But um, they realized they needed money less than COVID. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, when they shut down their borders, like they hit a massive depression yeah. from my understanding. And anybody in the chat that has more knowledge about that, feel free to chime in. But who would have known that Cabo and Tijuana are the majority of the tourism industry for <laughs> Mexico? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's that's kind of unfortunate. Yeah, we couldn't even get into because isn't LTX in Canada or did I make that up? It's in Canada. Yeah. Vancouver or something. Yeah. I couldn't get in. Well, I could get in, but you have to prove that you can 
quarantine for two weeks before you leave uh, or, or two weeks after you arrive. You have to, um, cause I, I have friends and family up in Canada and, uh, I, I had someone who was thinking about going and they said, no, no, no. The only way you as an American citizen can come to visit Canada right now is if you fly in, you are driven straight to, to your hotel and you have provided the Canadian government with proof that someone who lives in Canada will bring you your necessities, will bring you food so you can eat. Good for them. <laughs> for two weeks. I, I and an and they check on you. <laughs> I got in an argument with somebody on Twitter the other day. Like they'll knock at your on your door at any time, and yeah, are you still in your room? If you're not in your room, guess what? You're on the next plane out. Yeah, I mean, you know what? You know, Canada is significantly smaller than the United States. Mm-hmm. What do they have? Not do they have twenty million people? They have like forty five. Awesome. So Australia has twenty million. Canada's yeah, Australia's so. twenty million. I think Canada's like forty five, maybe forty eight. But okay, so maybe maybe the math. I don't know, but they've had 10,000 deaths, which is not great at all. Mm -hmm. But after all this time, they have 10,000 and we have... In the 2016 Canadian census has a total population of 35,151,728. So, yeah, like per capita. I mean, look, it's still not the best stats, but it's just like, man, like they're just making hard decisions and sticking with it and doing so much better than we are. And um, it's kind of sad. I mean, it's so crazy, like that we went, you know, I think about it from travel all the time, because that's like one of one of my main hobbies. It's like we had the most powerful passport in the world. Good. in almost every country. And and now we have the passport that everyone goes next. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. We have the weakest. Yep. I mean, it's crazy. Comes down to leadership. Yeah. On that note, um, so someone earlier on said, Jeff, why don't you talk about your your channel slash your community? Because it's made a sucky year suck a little bit less, which number one, thank you for that compliment. Like, <laughs> like, seriously, um, there's always not there's always some joy that I get from people finding like bright spots because my community exists and it happens so much more than I even get to hear. And it's freaking awesome. Um, but anyway, a shout out to my community, to my, my Patreon and Floatplane members who are on the discord and chat regularly. Um, my discord is freaking crazy. If you like well-run discord servers and people who actually chat about things and people who actually chat about things in an intelligent manner and don't let it get down to like, like petty arguments, name calling and stuff like that. There was, what was the chat that happened last week in the after show? So I got off the air and then I went over to the after show and I talked for like an hour and a half. They were talking about communism, communism and, and socialism and all kinds like, like these are roads. One does not travel on the internet in social discourse on the internet. And, uh, none of the moderators were around. And it turned out to be a lovely conversation because in the morning I woke up with five different DMs from people saying, thank you for not shutting that conversation down. It was wonderful to talk to people who will both express an opinion and then listen to your own. Yeah. And, and not have it, you know, degrade into left versus right or black, you know, whatever. Um, it, it was just nice. And 
Whoa, whoa, whoa. Well run. <laughs> yeah, we got the mods in here. Just like, yeah, hey. the, the mods are going, whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't stop, stop, stop. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I will say that I have a really freaking great community. And part of it is the mods that are in there. I have what I think is the best mod team ever. Um, you know, I always, I wonder to myself sometimes, I'm like, how did, how did we end up with our mods? You know, cause like, they're awesome. Yeah, I know. But like, it's just so crazy how long we've been at this now. And so many of like the early days are such a blur, you know? Um, and it's just like, you know, I know Skull has been around forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Skull uh, and Rev, Rev are two of my oldest Rev patrons. Is, yeah. Rev has been. By the way, the they pay to be my mods. <laughs> They're not on a free ride. They still get charged every month. <laughs> to be fair, I pay to get a host talking heads. So. He does. <laughs> Rhett's a patron too. John is getting a free ride. Okay. And I've, I've always well, questioned well, well. that. Yeah, I know, right? John's a patron of freaking Bite My Bits. What? Yeah, he patrons what? him. But not you? But not me. Yeah. Oh, come on. Yeah. Anyway, my community. I can't say enough good things about my community because yeah. it's amazing. Um, the And not just like they talk about good things, but they're well-behaved. They're, they're intelligent. Well, and there's an actual like, you know, one thing I've noticed over the last over this whole year. There is a genuine concern and care for one another. Yes. You know, especially for the regulars that have been a part of it for so long. We we had a chat in the mod chat today about one particular user. And it's like, does someone maybe want to DM him and make sure he's okay? Um, and and we all had this discussion, and it was it was a long discussion about we really like this guy, but but we need to make sure that that He's he's, okay. he's he's good, right? He's in a good place. Yeah. Like like we had that we didn't have the discussion about God, I can't wait to like freaking ban this one. Like <laughs> it, we don't have those those discussions at all. It's man, this guy's feeling a little down. Do you think we could bump him up a little bit? You know, can someone yeah. reach out and DM him? And it's like, holy crap. Yeah. I have the best mod team ever. Yeah. Like I I don't know how much more I can say on that. Um but if and and we don't just talk tech. We have we have a beer room. We have you know John pimps it a lot better than I do, but we we have a beer room. We have a movies and and music room. Uh, we have uh, we have a sick bay, and the sick bay is for COVID nineteen talk, and it's actually devolved into a lot of politic talk. But it's a channel that I have not had to close because the conversations are all good and respectful. Yep, and it's freaking amazing. I. I don't know of another discord that can have a political channel on it. That is not a political channel and just an echo chamber and have it yeah. exist. Yeah. I I don't know. <laughs> I've never seen one. Um, but it's um, to be fair, even the arguments here are pretty civilized and almost never get heated. I can think on one hand of the number of times I've had to shut a conversation down like we we shouldn't have this year yeah. um or this isn't the right place for that and like three of them were like over anime crap <laughs> it's like we're not doing that here um but uh <laughs> but yeah it's it's a great community now yeah. 
speaking of my great community, I want to share a couple of things that the community got me for for Christmas because it's freaking awesome. Oh, yes. Right. Um, So first and foremost, uh, I don't have any. Do I? I do. Um, So we mentioned just. John and I mentioned that we would really like to try the Younglings Hershey's Special oh, Reserve yeah. <laughs> oh, beer. Awesome. Um, so someone sent us a four pack. So each one of us is going to get one of these. And I really want to have a live show where we can open them together. Yeah. That's what I want. And so I think as soon as we can, like, you know, open the doors again, yeah. we're going to celebrate with these. Hell yeah. I, I think we're going to have all four of us in studio and we're going to celebrate with this Hell um, yeah. because it's something we all wanted to try and we've all been waiting for. Um, but the beer I'm drinking tonight, the, the shake of beer, this is like a $20 bottle. And this dude just like sends me a case a quarter and it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and that's Novella Hub and he's great. And, but I get I get beer all the I can't remember the last time I drank a beer on the show that I bought myself. Yeah, please rub it in how much I miss doing the in-person shows. I know, right? Um but and between uh, you and John, I was always so well taken care of. Right. <laughs> and and some people even went out of their way to like like heard something on on the show and went. I bet I could help Jeff out with that. And so there's a great example of, I mentioned on one show when I, when we were talking about the GPD win three coming out that I've always wanted a device like that. Well, someone sent me one, someone sent me a GPD win and I freaking love this thing. I I play this like almost every day. I really do. Um, This is how I game remotely anymore is I used to like have my MacBook and, and, and I would parsec into my machines. Now I just carry this around and, and whenever I want a game, I can just open that up. Um, it doesn't stop there. Um, so I also, so someone the next week upped the ante and sent me a win GPD two. Uh. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, All right. Now somebody needs to up the ante and send and a, send me a win GPD Max. Like, who's got a GPD <laughs> Max that they're not using? Come on, come on, guys. Um, Reach but out no, to your but no. Two different people like reached out on consecutive weeks and said, "Yeah, I have one of those. I'm not using it. Can I send it to you?" And I went, "Like, that's incredible." And then the same person who sent me the the first win GPD um, said. Uh, Hey, have you seen the new Retroid Pocket 2? Like it it should be a really good like little emulation portable system. And I went, yeah, I was actually just looking at that on Amazon. He goes, don't buy one because one's on its way. Uh, what? God. <laughs> it's indigo. It's GameCube purple. That's <laughs> it's amazing. Freaking awesome. And so I've been playing Game Boy Advance games on this like all week long. What have you been playing? <laughs> uh Zelda Minish Cap. Dude, isn't just Zelda so good all throughout the years? Minish Cap is such a lost gem. Minish it Cap is such a great game. I never got to play much of. Because by the time I got my hands on it, I was mm-hmm. really kind of phasing out of playing my Game Boy. Right, right. But, but man, all through the, jet, the generations, like each Zelda game has just been a knockout almost. The only bad ones were Zelda 2, uh, you know, the adventure of Link. No, that's not a game. No, no, right. no, no. 
when they when they made it all about Link, uh, it wasn't wasn't a very good game. Uh, beyond that were the, uh, gosh, what were those CD games in the late '80s? Oh yeah, the like live animation, live animation that was Dragon were, Slayer. Yeah, ones. those were garbage. Yeah, what were those called? Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, those don't exist either. There really hasn't been a miss from Zelda since, and no. there's been no first party miss by them at all. So, yeah, the but no, I've, I've been Gianna playing Minish Cap lately. Is that what that was? The what? The great, the great Gianna sisters. Uh, Amiga. It was on the Amiga. Hmm. Yep. Interesting. Yeah, there were there were two there were two games on the Amiga, and there was one other for one other platform. I want to say. Did anyone ever play Skyward Sword? Was that good? Skyward was... Sword was really good. Oh, good. I really I liked that. Good. Now I will say I like Twilight Princess better than Skyward Sword. Twilight Princess was really good. I I really enjoyed Twilight Princess because it wasn't afraid to get dark. Yeah. Like yeah. every Zelda game is like bright and sparkly, except when Ganon takes over, and then it's dark for a little bit. But there's always like. Yeah. Bright hope in the world and all the like the the grotesque creatures are always like, oh, I'm so happy you came. Yeah. And Twilight Princess was like, on out of here. Yeah. <laughs> like like Twilight Princess got dirty. Um, and I I love it for that. Uh, but no, Skyward Sword was really good. Um, I played that one. And uh, says, yeah, Skyward Sword only sucked because of the waggle stick, because this was a, a motion that you had to do in the game. Oh, OK. Yeah. So I, it yeah, was, I never had a Wii. So that was. Part yeah. Of it, so. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, I, Skyward uh, Sword was overshadowed by Twilight Princess and Breath of the Wild. Even before that, Twi uh, uh, Skyward Sword was overshadowed by uh, by Wind Waker. Yeah, Wind Waker, was which is still so among my solid. favorites, rock solid. Yeah, I I played the crap out of Wind Waker, um, and of course Majora's Mask was is is still my favorite. But you know, I I've, I've been playing Breath of the Wild because I got a Switch last year, and uh, I just it, I'm I'm slow rolling through it, and I'm. I'm just doing whatever I feel like. I'm exploring. Right. I'm pursuing side quests. Mm -hmm. I'm. And, I oh I still haven't God, beaten Ganon so in Breath of the Wild, but I have 120 hours in it. Yeah, I've like on, on right like three different too. game yeah. starts because it's like oh, I've, I'm a little high level now. I want to go back to the beginning, and as soon as I beat the Great Plateau, like go west and see what's there. Yeah, <laughs> there's just so much, and uh, yeah, I, I've, I'm loving Breath of the Wild. Um, yeah. And I, I, something about the soundtrack always stuck out to me, and apparently a lot of people hate it. But uh, anybody who's interested in, in video game soundtracks, go check out uh, the YouTube channel 8-Bit Music Theory. It is a really fantastic breakdown of some of the cool, like, inserted little motifs that he includes and the reasons why the composer does what he does in a few mm -hmm. spots. It's so fascinating. Uh, Laura Sai says Wind Waker for all the hate it got at this time is legit a timeless classic and I fully agree with that did it get I've, hate? I, it got a lot of hate and uh, as Scotty points out it was all because of the art style people went oh they went cell shaded it looks way too cartoony now I love cell do you realize Link is a kid in like yeah. every single one except Twilight Princess like do you realize he's like 12 <laughs> In everyone except Twilight Princess, um, and and Link and Zelda Two: The Adventure of Link, like like then he's a grown ass man. But but yeah, it it got a lot of hate because it's like oh it's too cartoony, it can't be serious. Wind Waker was freaking incredible, and yeah. and is probably in my top three easily 
for for Zelda games. What I enjoyed about the I don't know the the cell shading itself. It felt like less of a distraction, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, yeah. things were fancy and cool to look at in some ways. And I, I was always interested to see what different animations might look like. But looking back on it, I really felt like it took the emphasis off of like, oh, it has to be the best graphics ever. It right. has to be. That's one of the things I loved about it. And that's one of the reasons it is kind of a timeless classic. You can still go back and play it on, a, on an original GameCube, and it still looks incredible. Yeah. Uh, the, those graphics have not aged a day. Yeah. I, I, would, I would still play it on an original GameCube. You know, and that's, that's like the main selling thing when you look at the indie scene versus the AAA scene. You know, what does the AAA video game scene have to offer over the indie scene and really, like most of the time, it boils down to graphics and like sheer scope, obviously. But like, right. you know, like freaking Stardew Valley has scope, but it doesn't have <laughs> graphics. You know what I right. mean? Like, um, there's lots of games that have scope that don't have graphics, and and that and I think that's the thing. I think that that's was a smart decision. You know, Nintendo doesn't really make bad decisions with games maybe consoles right. Right. <laughs> we could look at the wii and the wii u as being questionable maybe the wii was not a bad decision the wii was one of their their breadwinners for years it's the, it's the best-selling console of all time oh yeah <laughs> well yeah no 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 one, no so. <laughs> the wii u sure you can say all you want about that sure. but that was marketing the wii u was still a solid console but it wasn't Next gen, it wasn't like the evolution. Yeah. They should have called it Wii 2. If they would have called it Wii 2, it would have sold four times what it did. But they called it Wii U, and people thought, oh, it's an add-on for the Wii. It's a tablet for the Wii. No, oh. it's a completely other console. Um, so, yeah. yeah. See, I, I kind of missed out the whole Wii thing. I did not care about the way that it works. You know, we had fun playing some games, but what I will say is since you're such a fan of land parties, um, we need to get the four of us. So you, me, John and Steve um, playing new Super Mario Brothers Wii on a live stream one day because <laughs> the entire game. Uh, so it's a four player game. It's a four player 2D platforming game. Um, and. You can interact with each other while you're doing the platforming. So it's all four players on a single Mario map, but you can pick each other up. And if I pick you up, you have no control and then I can throw you. Um, and so one of my <laughs> best memories is me and three friends playing eight hours straight of New Super Mario Brothers Wii. And the whole goal was to throw everyone else off the edge and be the only one to finish because <laughs> it was competitive until the point where there's only one person left alive. And then yeah. everyone started rooting for that one person who was left. Yeah. Yeah. And it was incredible. Um, you know, don't you find that that's something that you, you, you start to miss as the years go on. It's oh, this weird, God, yeah. like this weird capacity that we all had to like make up games or make fun wherever we were. Mm hmm. Like I think about that all the time, mm -hmm. um, and that and that's really why you know I'm glad you brought that game up because that, that does sound like a really cool game because that's that's exactly kind of what I was looking forward to recreating with my LAN game night. Right, you know, it's right. This idea of like we you know uh, Skull was there. We hopped on to UTO4 and we were playing Instagib 
capture the flag. <laughs> and I just re- I, I brought back all these memories of these dumb rules we used to shout at the land parties. We'd be <laughs> right. like, oh, well, you can't do this if this is happening. And everybody just went with it. You it went with the sense. rules. Right. Yeah, you know, that's that was the Jedi Knight community. The, the Dark yeah. Forces 2 Jedi Knight community is no, we don't use that gun. <laughs> it that was gun. the counter-strike community if you're the last person left you take out a knife god damn it yeah yeah yes, <laughs> right yeah that's it, it it's you there. are oh. shunned if you shoot and it's 1v1 yeah no you yeah. take out a knife and you die like a man and, and it's still that's some of that's still there you know it's like oh what you're using an op right right (laughs) it's a little less so in the competitive scene but still in the casual in the casual Mm -hmm. scene that's still a huge thing the knife oh man we used to do crazy things in counter-strike source all the time i remember we would raid servers and you just meet all these random people and you're like hey you know what we should do we should do a conga line right to where the hostages are and everybody does a (laughs) conga line to where the hostages are You just get down and everybody's crouching and like trying to dance. And Scott, the, the, sorry, sorry. Scotty ahead. just said their naming is definitely uninspired, but somehow still better than Microsoft when it comes yeah. to Nintendo. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I got to say, though, like I, I missed the whole Wii thing, but man, has the Switch won me over. Isn't it good? How is well, it? Well, number one, good? you're a new dad. <laughs> Yeah, true. <laughs> right. I need all the dad stuff, including a right. cool switch. You need a switch. <laughs> but oh my God, man. Like, you know, I th- I've been having a little bit of a gaming renaissance lately because mm-hmm. it's like, man, I want to play games, but I dropped the competitive thing. Okay. So I played a bunch of one player games on my PC. I went through everything I wanted to go through. I had a blast. Yeah. Played oh, Morrowind seven there? times. Okay. I'm good. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Absolutely. And, uh, well, then I picked up my Switch and it's like, okay, well, I got some games on here and I started picking up some new stuff. And man, it's like I went through um, a bunch of games. You know what really got me? Hyperlight hmm. Drifter. Oh my oh, God. Yeah. I could not stop playing Hyperlight Drifter. The sound design and the music, yep. which I am like a complete sucker for. So I, I admit this. When you get to the first boss, uh, I, I, this, the sound design and the music kicks in. And it's this low rumbling sub and all this crazy. Oh my God. I couldn't stop playing after that. I would, I literally would go to work and just fantasize about coming home, putting the kid to bed so I could play Hyperlight Drifter. Uh huh. Uh huh. And uh, I just blasted through it. And I was like, well, what do I play when this is done? I never played my Hotline Miami. So I went through Hotline Miami one. Oh, Hotline Miami is so good. Not the best controls on the Switch, but I went through them and it's like, oh man, like, yeah. you know, I'm uh, have, you, have you played but... My Friend Pablo? No, but that's so high on my list. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, that one will get you too. Yeah, oh, I I love the mechanics of that. Like looking at the videos and the pictures and stuff, it looks so much fun. Um, then I went through uh, I went through Banner Saga, which a lot of people were knocking. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, Banner Saga was so good. It's like perfect for the Switch because I have it on the PC. I can't sit here and do that. You know, mm-hmm. like I can't sit here and it's like, all right, you're scrolling through the map, you're waiting, you're waiting. Okay, time to fight. Yeah. You the, okay, you're scrolling through. But man, when you got a handheld, it's like a novel right. with like no, fights but, in between. But between these two handhelds, like, holy crap, my world yeah. is so much better now. Yeah. And I, I mean that. I realize how much And I it's loved. only because I haven't really gotten the GPD-2 running the way I want to yet. I'm working yeah. on it. Yeah. But uh but no, I, I'm I'm starting to get 
this guy running where I want the Retroid two. Um, and uh, I finally got GBA working like butter smooth. Like, uh, nice. ah, like it's perfect. Uh, SNES as well. I got both of those just golden today. Love it. Surprisingly, PlayStation one is freaking incredible on the Retroid pocket two. like pixel. Perfect. Looks amazing. Um, so I've been playing like Gran Turismo two all day <laughs> today. Oh, dude, the best, the best one right. in the series. Yeah. I'll fight anyone. Uh, three. I mean, I'll fight anyone. And I meant three. It. I'll three. fight anyone. Three. Okay. Three is the best of the series. <laughs> okay. It's fine. Yeah. Two was good. Two introduced rally. Three made it better. <laughs> oh, yeah. Something magical about this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was fun. <laughs> <sighs> you know, yeah, that's just something, you know, and that's that's one thing I've really taken from 2020 is starting with the well, OK, you know, obviously I became a, a dad this year. Everybody knows that. And, you know, things were very challenging with the lockdown and stuff. And so what little time I had to myself was a struggle to figure out how do I maximize my enjoyment and i i started thinking about how things were when i was younger like when i was in high school what was it about listening to music so much i loved in high school what was it about playing video games i loved so much in high school because i wasn't really deriving enjoyment from much you know mm-hmm. even, like watching a show's fine but i'd hop on netflix i watched the same shows over and over I, yeah. I watched friends right up until they took it on netflix and then i switched over to hbo <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, so I started trying to distill down like what it was about these things that was bringing me joy. And I, I remember the, the thrill of going to the record store and buying a CD without really knowing what I was getting my hands into. Right. So I hopped onto Twitter and I started saying like, hey, somebody recommend me an album and I'll listen to it. I'll write you a review of it. I will mm-hmm. listen to it. Start to finish. I remember you did sitting, that. Yeah. And people recommended me freaking pure gold albums, even people from uh, Craft Computing uh, in the Discord pure gold stuff I'd never oh there are heard. some music fans in my in my yeah. channel as well oh yeah. man and i, I was found... a music major in college <laughs> i still don't follow the music channel but we have a music channel in craft computing unlike any other i think so too i think so too <laughs> it is so fun in there and people are super positive there's no like bashing taste or anything like that like um you know, things tend to move in kind of waves. They're talking about this yeah. and they're talking about that genre. They're talking about this. And, um, but it's, but it's fun. Like, and some of the recommendations I'm getting, you know, it's like, oh, wow, that's going to be my favorite album of the year that I've listened to. Then I get the next recommendation. Then the oh next my one. God, it right. just doesn't end. Yeah. And I kind of recaptured that feeling of like going to the record store in a way, you know, I, it's like, I'd look at the album, I'd look at the band name, I'd scroll through the tracks, I try to get a feel for what it is, and I just dive in and listen to it. And it, it, it was like trading CDs with your friends when you were in high school. It's yeah. cathartic. It really yeah. is. Yeah. Oh my God. It was so fun. And so then it was the same thing about like video games. Like, what was it about video games that I, well, you know, the first thing that came to mind was I didn't have as many video games when I was in high school as I have now. So the first thing I did is hopped on Steam and I limited my library to five games installed. And those were my choices. And all of a sudden, I'm blasting through games. You know why? Because I sit down on my computer and I'm not 
thinking about what I want to play. I'm not agonizing over it. I don't launch As you say like, that, people mind. probably saw me open my Steam library and it <laughs> cut onto your monitor. Um, oh, did it? Yeah. <laughs> um, I have 813 games in my Steam library. Less than a third I've played. Like, like I'm how one many, of them. I'm one. I'm one of like the, right now. I play Steam like I play Pokemon. Got to collect them all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I have 813 games in my Steam library. I have 10 installed right now. That's, but that's better. Right. That's pretty good. But, but now, same, but the now same hold on. Remains. You, you say haven't... that's great. You say that's great. How many of these games have I played before? And a lot of them are from my past. Yeah. So right now on my Steam, I have installed Chex Quest HD because it was just released for free and I wanted to relive that cereal box <laughs> CD life. <laughs> DuckTales Remastered. <laughs> Final Fantasy IV, which I literally play every single year without fail all the way through. Um, and uh, this is the remake, so the 3D graphics and the full voiceover. Um, I've also got Final Fantasy IV The After Years, which I've only played a couple of times, but this is also the 3D remake of that one. Um, I have GTA V. I have Gunpoint. I have Guts and Glory installed. <laughs> have you played Guts and Glory? No, but yeah, I feel like you're the type of person that would have Guts and Glory installed. It is so stupid, yet so much fun. <laughs> um, because it is literally like try to get from point A to point B without dying. Yeah. And and in a couple of them, it's like, here, take this family sedan with four people on board, and we're going to throw like like spinning saw blades and 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 missiles at you. And when you get hit, it is gory. Now it is like cheesy cartoon glory, but it is gory. Um, one of my favorite things was when I was in, uh, the, the Ying's car, which is like a family of three, but it's a convertible. And, and there's the two parents in front and the little girl in back. And we were going under some saw blades and the little girl got her head chopped off, but it caught on the trunk. And so from the trunk, I was trailing blood the entire rest of the map. <laughs> That's crazy. It was glorious. Um, yeah. And if you haven't played Gunpoint, go buy Gunpoint. I don't uh, think I have. Oh, you haven't now. played Gunpoint? Everybody's talking about it in the chat right now. Gunpoint's amazing. What's Gunpoint? Okay, pitch to me. Give me the elevator pitch. We're Gunpoint is a is a single-player, completely 2D game. Think like SNES generation graphics, so 16-bit. Um, it's got humor in it, but it's uh, you are a contract field agent, and you are... Uh, armed with a set of like super spring boots. And so you can jump with enough force to break windows and, and whatnot, but you don't have a gun. Um, and there are security guards in these various buildings trying to kill you. And so it's all, it's all 2d. It's all flat plane platformer kind of style. Okay. Um, but uh, you can also hack into the electronics of the building and turn off lights or make switches do different things like oh. open and close doors and, and whatnot. Okay. And fun. so it's it's partially uh, making the AI like bend to your will, but also like a little bit of Spider-Man in there with a lot of humor. Wait a minute. This isn't even on Steam. It is on Steam. Gunpoint? I just searched it. No, it's not on Steam. What? Gunpoint, a dollar ninety nine. 
Gunpoint, all one word. All one uh, word. Okay, okay. It's $1.99 right now. All right, all right. I'm buying it. Go oh. buy it. Because you will oh. enjoy it. Okay. All right. Purchase for myself. Yep. Agree. Ooh, the DLCs are on sale, too. I'm yeah, going to add those okay. to my cart while we're talking. I'm, I'm going to start with this one. Um, Novella Hub says, uh, asks, have I listened to Nay Oblivious Karis yet? I probably butchered the name, but dude, yeah, you recommended uh, Portal of I or Portal of One. I don't know which it is. And holy mother of Lord Jesus, what a great <laughs> album. Um, I just bought the expansion pack, so I'm going to play Gunpoint when we're done. Oh, nice. Good for you. But yeah, Nea Bliviscaris, um, wow, like that debut album is just so tight. And, you know, I, I'm a sucker for like non-traditional metal instruments and they're like violinists just like add so much texture. But Novella Hub, you freaking, you read my review of that album. So there you go. Um, somebody asks, what's your most hours on one game? I'm well over a thousand into a couple of them. Patrick, Patrick Joseph asked that. Um, yeah, I've got 10,000 hours in Dota 2. Yeah, you have a lot more than I do in a single game. I'll um, say that. But that's because I'm a pathetic loser who is also a massive sadomasochist. Your, your words, not mine. <laughs> Why do you think we're friends? Mm -hmm. um, just kidding. But also, I probably have, <laughs> I, I would probably have like 2,000, uh, I don't know, maybe 1,000 to 2,000 hours in Morrowind. That's a really hard one to estimate. Yeah. Yeah, um, there's some of the early games like StarCraft. I have no idea. Because yeah. I'm 1,000 plus into StarCraft easily, like like remember, two, three, maybe 4,000 hours into StarCraft. Do you remember you ever using X-Fire to like chat? It was like a chat. It was like I was an ICQ. Mm. Yeah. So X Fire was kind of interesting because some of my IRL friends were AIM and I was I was ICQ. Yeah. So so I you know I still well, I tried actually, not to associate with the AIM people. What was the one that like Trilio or whatever? Or Trilio. Trilio. Tri yeah. Yeah. It like synced all like three chat services into one, which is kind yeah. of nice. No. Um. I ran a Trilio server for a while. Oh, nice. Well, X Fire was kind of unique because you could add games to it in some way or maybe it detected games and it would tell people hey you know Rhett is playing Jedi Academy right now and it would track right. your hours played yeah and so you know I remember like thinking like how freaking crazy it was when uh, oh yeah people talking about X-Fire in the chat <laughs> I remember thinking like my friend needed help when he had a thousand hours in World of Warcraft <laughs> yep. you know we would like add up like how many days is that you know and what uh, did we all do before discord oh right and and skull points it out icq ventrilo mumble and team speak yeah team speak ventrilo yeah i I, ra I ran a ventrilo server for a while i had i i never got into mumble but yeah icq yeah i use ventrilo quite a bit team speak i i had a i have i still own a team speak 3 license like i can run a server today are we so, going to <laughs> no because discord freaking rules yeah and that's the thing you know it's like i remember you know shoot yeah what did what you know we, we used to play games and stuff and it's like what did we used to chat before discord bbs 
Yeah, but before, well, yeah, not, but, but that was not, my time. Yes. That yeah, was my that time. time. I just remember playing Dota, and it's like, okay, not for you, get, Rhett. Get on your team. Get in teams. We might have just used Ventrilo early on in those days. Yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah, because my brother, my brother had a Ventrilo uh, server from when he played Dark Age of Camelot. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Oh, Kane. <laughs> and uh, so we do that i forgot all about that and then discord people started with like hey you should use this discord thing i was like what's this you need to realize how amazing it is um wow that's a blast from the past thinking about the evolution of that technology discord kind of does it all now i'm glaring at skull right now i want him to know that Oh, yeah. Discord rules until you only come in the left ear. Who only comes in the left ear? That's that's me, because apparently my mixer sometimes confuses mono with stereo. Oh. And so it'll go, no, you're only going to go on the left side today. Okay, but also, hey, maybe that's Skull's fault, too. I'm going to blame Skull. you just had a set of mono headphones I'm going to blame stereo headphones? Who listens to stereo? You should be doing all your mixes in mono anyways, bro. What, are you even an audiophile? (laughs) Dork. I've seen his headphones. No, he's not. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. All right. What other roads can we meander on? I don't know. Well, should we just play Rocket League for 30 minutes? <laughs> you know what? One of my last ditch things was like, I'm just going to start playing like Minish Cap and hook that up to, to my HDMI and let you guys watch. <laughs> Mike Jones, BBS were pre-internet build bulletin board systems. Yes, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I was on a lot of them. I think Mike Jones must have been telling me because it's like, what are that? I didn't mean what is that? I just was like, wait a minute timeline um so anyway yeah i think i i think the whole point of that whole conversation was just that's you know thinking about how i did things as a kid and trying to approach it from that angle has been a real lifesaver this year Mm -hmm. so if y'all if some of y'all are struggling finding joy in hobbies that used to occupy you for hours and hours and hours at a time i suggest that you distill it down to a couple key components and go from there i'm up for distilling oh yeah distill it down to its key (laughs) spirits and pour it into a glass over ice baby (laughs) no need to let it age barrel strength let it go (laughs) um but yeah you know even even going back i've been going through the studio ghibli catalog um and sitting through some of these movies has reminded me, like, right, it's okay to sit through movies. Yeah, I don't, I'm so bad at this anymore, you know? I just get so, like, choice choice overwhelmed, if that makes sense, you know? You got back into 4X-style games, Jason. You played Stellaris? Good Lord, I couldn't stop playing Stellaris. Oh, Stellaris was good. I'm a huge, huge fanboy of Crusader Kings 2. Been waiting to pick up yep. CK3. But Crusader Kings 2, I remember like finally getting through that tutorial and I was like, oh, I get it. And then I took the week off work and just. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, Stellaris is a good one. 
Giovanni, everyone related to Wonder Woman? Related. So everyone related? I don't know what related means. I saw it. I thought it was fine. I will, uh, I'm prepared to plant my feet down. One of the things I did when people were recommending me albums to listen to is that I promised that my reviews would not be negative reviews. Promised that I would focus on all the good things. Yeah. And I've taken that into uh, with me to watching movies. And uh, there's a lot of people that bashing on Wonder Woman right now. Mm -hmm. And I won't get into spoilers because it, you know, it just dropped on HBO uh, this week. But, but uh, I really enjoyed it. Pedro Pascal is legit. I I don't really care for Gal Gadot all that much, but she was fine. <laughs> and um, what? <laughs> Sorry. In in the in the chat, there's some people going a little crazy. <laughs> in talking heads or on the YouTube chat? On the YouTube chat. Oh. I, I'm not gonna name names, but um okay. but Mike, I'm I'm laughing. Mike, I'm laughing. Uh by the by the way, we allowed oh. that one to go through. <laughs> I, I didn't I didn't read that. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> the yeah, no, there were like three or four comments in a row that I just like, that's funny. Okay, that's really funny. <laughs> it just went. <laughs> oh, Waterman's anyway, uh, great. Yep. Um, or it's, you know, it's good. We got a half hour to kill still. What do you want to talk about? I don't know. Should we enter into my routine Morrowind rant? We could go Star Trek. We haven't talked Star Trek in a while, like in-depth Star Trek. You know, somehow we, uh, I've got a group text going on with some of my friends from high school. And somehow the, the episode of The Twilight Zone came up. Um, the Monsters Are Due on Maybury Street. Okay. Do you remember that one? Vaguely. It's kind of, it's Vaguely. Kind of okay. So the, the synopsis is there's weird stuff going down on their street in their neighborhood and they quickly begin to blame each other and mm -hmm. they descend into chaos. And then at the very end, they're like, Oh, it's See? the, it's the family guy pancakes episode. Uh, I don't remember that one. Sorry. So uh, Stewie gets addicted to pancakes and, and they all start obsessing about the, the trophy for the uh, founders day parade. And the, and the whole neighborhood descends into chaos. Yeah, part of me is willing to just nod along and be like, yeah, that one. Yeah, that one. It's that one. <laughs> Trust me. Trust me, there's parallels. There, there's like a Fallout 3 mission that matches it, too. Uh -huh. um, but Are anyway. you my dad? Oh, Fallout 3. I Fallout 3. Yeah. I, I totally get it. Right. <laughs> that game didn't come out 12 years ago. No. Um, Wait, what? <laughs> but anyway, somehow by talking Don't scare about me like that. how twilight zone episodes had these really great like moral lessons at the end of each one i really started hammering home on star trek episodes that had great moral lessons and really brought me back to 2016 well specifically 2017 uh where all of a sudden politics was like really tying into like oh this episode like right. the drumhead, which is like one of my favorites. Like nice. I was getting my wife to watch all of Star Trek Next Generation and we got to like season, what is that? Season four? And it was like, oh my God, season four is just slam dunk episode after slam dunk episode 
one after another. <laughs> Season four is freaking incredible. It's gold standard episodes right. nonstop throughout the whole dang thing. Starting with, right? Season four opens with family, right? Yeah. Um, or maybe it's uh, best or not. Yeah. Best of both worlds. Um, no. What? It opens uh, with the closure to the Borg stuff. Then right. you get family, which is episode two, where Picard yeah. was home. Yeah, it, it's Lacutus coming back, and now he's Picard with some weird lines, and then they're gone the next episode. Yeah. Because it's like, no, I'm not getting into makeup every goddamn show from here on out. But also, like, time has passed. It's space. You know what mm. I mean? Like, a guy lived as a freaking transporter signal for a hundred years. So, wait, was that go. Scotty or Riker? Uh, I was thinking Scotty, but Scotty. both. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. Like, Thomas. Dude. And what another, that's another <laughs> great episode, though, in a way. Like, it's so cheesy, but like they deliver it through technology that's like so plausible through the rules that they already established. Right. Like, um, there is logic in the writing, believe it or not. At least there was back in that day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah man um there's just something like you know and i got to the point where i've watched tng so much where sometimes i watch it and it's like it it feels like theater where like you know that you're watching patrick stewart playing this role and you know that he has to deliver a speech right about like the morals and ethics of like what's going on right and those episodes are so good, you know. It's like the drumhead was one of those. So um, so can I just say, I've been on a little bit of a DS9 binge lately. And yeah, everybody on Twitter has been too. I know. What's funny is mine was completely independent of Twitter, but then I found out everyone else was binging DS9. It's like, oh, that's <laughs> yeah. freaking great. Yeah. Um. So, so the other day, uh, Christmas morning, actually, uh, I sat down and I watched Into the Pale Moonlight. Because it's one of my favorite episodes ever, um, and it's Cisco in his in his log uh, talking about the past two weeks of events in which he murdered a bunch of people to bring the Romulans into the war, um, and and I don't mean like he murdered them, but he goes, yeah, they can die, that's okay, <laughs> and uh, and in that process, he's also betrayed, and more people are killed, and then he gets mad at Garrick. And Garrick's like, it's what you wanted. You wanted me to get dirty, which is why you came to me. So I got dirty and you're mad at me. And Cisco goes, no. (laughs) And it's freaking amazing. Oh, good. Uh, That episode is so good. So many arcs in DS9 that are just top tier. Yeah. The problem with DS9 is that it just, it, it, it takes, well, I mean, Next Generation has the same problem. Like, the first season is just not that good. Yeah. Um, I I will say DS9 hit its stride a lot earlier than TNG did. TNG, you were halfway into season three before. It's like, I can watch every episode from here on out. Maybe skip the one where Crusher bangs a ghost. I feel like season three is pretty solid. Like, but I, but I also really enjoyed season two. Like when you get uh, Dr. Uh, Pulaski. Uh, Pulaski. I love Dr. Pulaski. Not my cup of tea. Yeah, but like when you're not watching. She doesn't feel my Earl Grey. When, when you're not watching it in order, you don't mind her. Like when you're watching the syndicated episodes coming across you at cable or. You know, I can see that point of view where you don't mind her like sprinkled in. Yeah. But 
But when it was an entire season, and that's usually how I try to watch Star Trek, is I'll watch a season at a time. Yeah. It's a little much. I I would have been happier if Pulaski... We went straight from Pulaski to Jellico, and and it was like, it's a little campy for me. (laughs) Yeah, you're not wrong. I think that if we had gotten Pulaski for a whole season like later on, after getting more crusher, it would have been better. But I think it was just like so con- like I think it just confused the start of the show. Well, way. wasn't season three like the the Troy and Crusher doing gymnastics and yoga suits like like that was the intro to season three kind of thing? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Crusher's back. We have two girls on the show. Yeah. Because <laughs> we lost Yar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that's a good point. Had to yeah. be done. <laughs> but uh somebody says uh isn't uh captain's holiday my favorite episode and i don't know if i ever said that on the show but yeah it's one of my favorites <laughs> it's one of my go-to like nap time star trek episodes you know it's okay like, I'm gonna um i'm gonna put you on full screen for like two seconds so okay. just just talk what are we talking whatever about, point you were making just talk well i was just talking about captain's holiday which is a really good episode where captain picard realizes that he needs to relax and so he goes to the planet risa uh, but he doesn't relax. No, he gets into some archaeological shenanigans. Uh, he uses his knowledge of ancient artifacts in order to assist the black market dig or something. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it was my favorite episode once upon a time. Don't feel like that way now, but it is absolutely one of my go-tos. Um, right now, I'm feeling like my favorite episode is like, I don't know. I always say the inner light. The inner light is kind of a cheesy one to say is your favorite, you know? Yeah. So it's like, oh, yeah, I like the inner light. Yeah, everybody <laughs> likes the inner light. It's freaking good. Um, you know, which one like really struck good with me recently was the one I can't remember what it's called, where Miles O'Brien's old captain comes back and he's like trying to wait. Oh, war that on is Romulans. such a good one. And Miles, like, doesn't really know what to do, so he helps him out. And Picard has a really good speech at the end. He says, like, look, this is a man who was at war. And he goes, he's like, we can pity him. We can sympathize with him, but we shall never, ever dismiss him. I was like, oh, what a great line. Because, like, this guy was dismissed by everybody uh, in in Starfleet. And it led to him doing this crazy, crazy thing where he's, like, waging war on the Romulans by himself. Right. Um, such a great episode, such a great episode. Yeah, that, that episode is so great because it, it has a, a Cardassian asking O'Brien, uh, do you hate us? And he goes, no, I don't hate you. I hate you for me. I I hate myself for what you made me become. Yeah. And, and they explore that more in DS9. They explore that stay mark and it's like, oh, that's so good. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Yeah. Cardassian. I kept saying Romulans, but I meant Cardassians. So mm-hmm. thank you. Um, yeah, that's a really good one. And then is that the same episode? Maybe it's not. But where Picard just like flat out calls him out and he's like, yeah, you guys were tempting war. This was what's going on. And he says, tell your leaders, Gulmaset, we'll be watching. And that's how the episode ends. Like, yeah, so good. What a great right. I, wish, I wish I could remember what episode that is off the top of my head. But... Uh, somebody asked what episode is Inner Light. Inner Light is the episode where Picard gets zapped with a beam and he wakes up in another man's life on the planet yeah. Catan, uh, or Catan, and he is he was a settler, solid. right? 
Yeah, exactly. He was a sailor. <laughs> he married to a woman. He has children. He plays the flute and he's like an astronomer. And um, the guy from Office Space is in it. <laughs> One of the guys from Office Space is in that. I can't remember that actor's name. What is it do you do here exactly? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, and he wakes up and he gets the flute. And his whole life has changed because he lived an entire life in uh, one episode. Yeah. Um, it's a really, really good one. Um, lots, so of, lots of shows do that trope now. I know. So Novella Hub asked, uh, you guys a fan of Voyager, the Voyager episode in the blink of an eye. Um, I, I literally just pulled that up on, on memory alpha. I don't remember this episode at all. Unfortunately, Voyager has not a lot at of all. those that are like great episodes that you don't remember. Like I <laughs> and and don't get me wrong, I really like Voyager. Yeah. Um I I like all of the mid 90s you know, Star Trek shows. I love all of them. Uh but this one I'm trying to remember it and I don't. It's are there uh it's not there are there any doctor who fans out here you doctor who fan jeff not not really oh that's a real bummer i i have enough of my own fandom to not give any more out it's a real bummer yeah i have friends who are doctor who fans yeah you do one's right here yeah (laughs) i was just curious that the the episode blink of an eye reminded me of you haven't been over to my house in how long it's been, yeah, several months. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, speaking of which, you know, it's crazy to think is so it's been like a year since you moved into your house now. Mm-hmm. Um, also, and it's been nine months since we've seen each other. Yeah, it's been a long time. But what blew me away was that uh, I put this box away and I kind of stashed it on top of my kid's dresser. I was looking at it the other day and I was like, Huh, I remember that box being important. What is it? And I open it up. It's like handmade clothes with this beautiful design on it. I was like, oh God, I'm so glad that I remembered that this is here. Like it's in plain sight, but it's yeah. in this box. Yeah. And uh, your wife made an outfit for my kid when he was born that fits him at a year old, which he yes. will be here shortly. So I was yeah. just like, oh, I'm so happy to have pulled this out. <laughs> my wife is such a great seamstress. Like, Dude, like she's incredible. The clothes are so good. She made both of my daughters um some some dragons for for Christmas. And they are weighted like pillows that will sit over the top of your neck, but they still sit with their uh, head up like this. Nope. And uh and my oldest daughter, um, she got one with a heated rice packet in it. So you can put the rice packet oh, nice, in the microwave. Nice. And then heat it up and then and then like lay it over your neck with the dragon on top of it and put the heated pack is in the dragon's belly. And it's freaking incredible. Uh, awesome. I'm going to see if I can like steal one one of these days, but neither one of them will let them go. Uh, like like it's like, no, they're they're sleeping with me tonight. <laughs> like, uh, I love that. That's so great. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm excited. We'll send you some pictures when we get them in these out in, in that outfit. Yeah. Uh, shout Drake. out to the producer of craft computing. Yeah, no, I, I will send that shout out along because oh, she's incredible for real. 
Drake here, Super Chat says, uh, can I get a shout out for my wife? It's the big 30. And yes, Rhett, we do love Doctor Who. Um, that's good. Hey, shout out to fellow big 30s in December. Hey, uh, yeah. Um, heck of a year to turn a significant age. I'll tell you all that much. I uh, spent my 30th um, playing Hades. Well, you were born in the 90s. What did you expect out of this year? Yeah, true. Come full circle. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We wouldn't have ended this way. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Lord. But yeah, Doctor Who's great. Uh, The only reason I brought up Doctor Who, Drake, and I will say this for you since you super chatted, uh, is because somebody mentioned... uh, I like that that the word who in there is the only thing that distinguishes that sentence from the only reason I bring up Dr. Drake, (laughs) Dr. Drake, Dr. Who Drake. That's Dr. Who. Oh, Drake. Right. (laughs) Dr. Drake Ramore (laughs) uh, from days of our lives. Um, The Dr. Who episode blink uh, with uh, the, you know, when David Tennant was a doctor. Holy moly, like what a fantastic wild episode that was. And the doctor's barely in it. Um, (laughs) That one, Jeff, I would highly recommend to Star Trek fans because it is like time travel loop of the highest caliber. It's like Rick and Morty. It's like Star Trek level time travel loop. It is written by the writer who went on to revive uh, Sherlock, the BBC Sherlock. Yeah. Blink is so good. Um. Yeah. Anyway, that's all I have to say about that. Uh, another super chat here from Bazinga. Uh, traitor talking about Star Trek wearing a Star Wars shirt. That is totally a Mandalorian shirt. Yeah, it is. Yep. Grogu's on it. Do I have my own Mandalorians up there? I do. You can't see them. Uh, but I I bought off AliExpress, a set of Mandalorian minifigs for Lego. <laughs> and they're amazing. They're nice. like freaking awesome. I, I smile every time I look at them. Nice. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, the Mandalorian is top tier Star Wars. Look, what what is there to, tr- to be a traitor about, Bazinga? I loved Star Wars first, but who's to say that without Star Wars, I wouldn't have ever loved Star Trek? Like, I don't it, they're not the same thing to me and I love them for different reasons and I love them equally in different ways like Star Trek gives me a lot of like hope and compassion and and thought about real life and Star Wars is like you know it's it's this awesome fantastic story about a place that has no bearing on my life um yeah yeah I I mean I love them both but Mandalorian top mfing tier star wars um holy moly this this season was so good so enjoy i'm i'm just getting into mandalorian like i watched episode one the other day and so don't spoil anything but i am definitely looking forward to like binging over over the next four days oh yeah 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 let us know uh in the uh the battle bridge uh what you're thinking as you watch i guess i don't know if ever all the mods have watched it or not but um yeah i really enjoyed it you know just comparing it to other star wars i mean i I was so happy to have these bite-sized little things and it really takes me back to the days of like when i really really enjoyed watching clone wars and things like that and 
just get these little individual episodic stories and yeah uh so fun so fun. mandalorian is samurai jack with lightsabers yeah i mean people people <laughs> made the comparison right away that it has that western samurai vibe. yes you know lone wolf and well Puff. well the thing is star wars is all well the original star wars was seen with that western slash samurai vibe yeah that's how george lucas wrote it and somewhere along the way, that kind of got lost. And and Mandalorian, even in the first episode that I've watched, is a very pleasant return to that. Yeah. Uh, you, you got a little bit of it in Rogue One. You got a little bit of it in Solo. But that's really it for the last 20 years. Yeah. And so... For sure. God, you know, I watched Phantom Menace the other day. And, you know... How was that political of- drama with some pod racing scenes? Dude, the pod racing scenes were so good. <laughs> they they were epic, but the rest of it was just West Wing. You know, hey, I don't mind. I love West Wing. <laughs> West Wing was great too. Like, don't get me wrong. But I was gonna say, like, you know, with all, all the <laughs> there's a lot of talk right now, like The Last Jedi is having a huge resurgence of conversation on Twitter because when Last Jedi came out, everybody hate well, Twitter hated it. And Rise of Skywalker came out, and it was kind of like the opposite. The people that liked Last Jedi did not like Rise. The people that hated Last Jedi loved Rise. So, but Last Jedi is kind of getting a resurgence of talk because of the Mandalorian and things like this. Yeah, because I'm not going to say it, but I know someone's back. Sorry, you've been spoiled, bro. But uh, yeah, it, I, I I almost spoiled it. I know I got a syllable in there, but yeah, yeah. no, it, it's really good. And so I decided, like, people are just talking about how they rank their favorite Star Wars. And I've always liked the prequels. I've always defended the prequels. I came up of an age. Like, I'm a I'm a prequel apologist. Of course you, know you I are. mean, like, no. Um, well, it's 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 my generation. I will. Star Wars. I will like, say about the prequels. Number one, I do think they get a bad rap. Number two. I also don't think they're up to the writing quality that the original Star Wars was, especially when it comes to the way they're presented on camera. I think the story is great. Yeah, there's a lot there that is good. But but the way they tell that story yeah, it's really is not necessary. Viewer, it's really left to the viewer to write off a lot of things. And yes. To, you know, and... It's hard to do, but isn't that always been Star Wars in a way? Like, you know, don't get me wrong. I love Star Wars, but boy, howdy. Isn't episode four a pretty bad movie, all things considered? Like, I love it. And I enjoy watching it. Here, here's like, the deal is is when episode four came out, it was, it was heralded. Revolutionary. It was it was great. And it was great in multiple facets. It told a fantastic story. It put a nice bow on it at the end. You had great characters that you that you wanted to see more of. And the technological ability of that movie was off the charts. Oh, for sure. When, when The Empire Strikes Back came into theaters, it was lambasted by critics. And the reason being was because we've never seen the bad guy win before. Yeah. It left us in a dark place. Like, yeah. like Luke got his hand cut off and half of the other people are dead. And b- Lost his lightsaber. Ah! Yeah. Right. Like it was like, 
like what the Who hell is this crap yeah and then return of the jedi kind of redeemed it and they're like it was great the teddy bears i could have done without but return of the jedi was great it told a great story isn't that amazing how empire was able to do those sorts of things and then later be redeemed right because and i will say this on record and i'm not here to start fights about anything if you like if you loved rise of skywalker great like that that's fantastic I, I will say more Star Wars is better than no Star Wars mm-hmm. all day long. But like Last Jedi took so many chances to tell a story that would be redeemed by the follow-up. And the follow-up <sighs> spent all of its time undoing the perceived mistakes of Last Jedi. Yeah. It was um, like, you know, like I, I tried to rewatch Rise recently and I was like, there are no stakes in this movie. No, like they try to tell you. Oh, they're like, oh, this character died. Psych. This character died. Psych. Psych. Right. There are zero that's, stakes. That's my my biggest problem with the new trilogy with seven, eight, nine is number one, the lack of an overbinding story, because at least with the original trilogy and with the prequel trilogy, you got this is the bad guy. This is the good guy. We know the good guy will eventually win, but how do we get there? That's yeah. the path. Yeah. And with 789, they went, oh no, the 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 darkness is rising. There's Emperor Snoke. What are we going to do about, oh, wait, he's dead. 10 minutes into the second episode. Okay, well, who's the new bad guy? Oh, it's the bad guy from the last one. What? Yeah, it's the bad guy from the last one. He found this weird temple in the Sith planet from where the Sith come from. The Sith don't have a planet. No, the Sith have a planet. Well, and <laughs> again, like that that's what's weird is like, you know, we're we're expected to This is my biggest problem with the prequel. People say like, "Well, this stuff didn't happen on camera blah 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 blah." It's like, but that's always been Star Wars. That's happened right. between uh New Hope and Empire. That happened Blue between Empire Pants and guy is an action figure. Yeah, exactly. That's how deep Star Wars fandom goes. Oh my god, like the bounty hunters all had names that were right. never mentioned in the film. Right. Boss had a whole backstory of how he wound up on that Super Star Destroyer talking to Darth Vader. Yeah. Bosk. Exactly. Do you know who Bosk is? Yeah, I do. We've all seen Robot Chicken. He's the best of the bounty hunters. <laughs> Ooh, IG-88. IG-88, it's fine. Um, <sighs> actually, I mean... If we're talking, toys, is that what we're going to do like, tonight? We're going to fight. I always liked IG eighty eight more, um, but Bosk was pretty cool. And Bosk was pretty cool, but I'll take IG eighty eight. Bazinga sends a five dollar donation. Uh, let's let's chat or let's start a chat war. Data or Spock per Kirk or Picard? It's very clearly. I've already said anybody who disagrees with me is banned. It's Data and Picard. Data Easy. and Picard. Case closed. That's an easy one. That's an Go easy ahead question. And say anything else in chat for an insta perma ban. It's an easy question. <laughs> yeah. Data is objectively better than Spock. Picard is objectively better than Kirk. Yep. 100%. So if we had a TNG reboot like we had. I don't Trek say that Nine. Kirk doesn't deserve his own statue, but Picard deserves his own monument. But, <laughs> but the difference is. The card's not dead yet. <laughs> if we got a TNG reboot like we got Star Trek 09, who would play Picard? 
it'd have to be uh mcavoy right i I know isn't that kind of fun right it would have to be (laughs) he does pretty good in next man so right like like i can't imagine anyone else who would play data um ooh, that's a good one um that's when i rack my brain over a lot like there's it's it's a it's it gets a lot harder when you start imagining like who would play Riker, who would play data who, who would be no hold on hold on hold on um do you know the new james bond films specter and okay, and, yeah. and those ones who plays q in those ones oh yeah I what's don't his know name that, i don't know that guy's name he could uh, play data but that yeah because he could deadpan anything and be great at it. I think he could play a young Data. Um, Ben Wishaw. Yeah. I, okay, I've never heard his name before, so I don't know why I thought I would know it. Um, yeah, I could, I could kind of see that. That's who I think could could be Brent Spiner. God, you know who kind of does it in Sherlock is uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. The he kind of does the deadpan sort of thing. No, I think the other guy can do it better. I you really might, do. You might be right. I'm and and say. Benedict Cumberbatch already exists in Star Trek lore as Con Light. Yeah, but that's in the Kelvin universe. This that's in the Kelvin another, universe. You're correct. They're going to start another timeline for TNG. They'd better. <laughs> You know, because they um, ruined the Kelvin universe. They had the perfect excuse to write their own story, and then they went right back to canon. And it's like, why the hell did you do that? You just shoehorned yourself. I thought the con storyline was okay. It it wasn't good. It was great, actually. It just roll flopped Kirk and Spock and turned one into the other. And it wasn't good because you had a Kirk who was even more brash than the original Kirk. And I loved it. And yeah. then you got this, like, I'm so sorry, you're all gonna die, Kirk. Which just didn't fit. It didn't fit the guy that drove the Corvette off the cliff in Iowa and didn't give two craps. That's because there's no cliffs in Iowa. That scene was full of sh- uh, crap. <laughs> there's no cliffs in Iowa. There was a large quarry. They found a, a, a layer of dilithium that was previously undiscovered because it's an element that we didn't know about. Okay, that's... Fact check me! Go ahead! Are there cliffs in Iowa? Okay, fine. The top Google search says, Out of Satyrs have the impression that Iowa is all flatlands and cornfields, but they're wrong. Dazzling 300-foot-tall bluffs. To oh, 300-foot? I have a great story. Cliffs. I have a great story. So, uh, my wife... Uh, her, most of her family is from Kansas. And so think of Kansas, get it in your brain. Okay. It should be easy. Cause it's only one line, right? Yeah. Right. Um, her cousin visited us years and years and years ago, and they're driving through Oregon city. And if anyone's ever been on highway 99 E through Oregon city, you look route. up and Oregon city is steep. It's really steep. Um, and, uh, they're driving through on the way back from the Portland airport and her cousin looks up at this massive thing before her and says, wow, what mountain is that? (laughs) That's, uh, second street 
<laughs> it doesn't have a name because it's not over a thousand feet. <laughs> yeah. But but yeah, so when you talk like Oregon, it's like, no, no, no. Hood is a mountain. The Oregonians, sisters are mountains. Mackenzie is a mountain. Rule that it has to have snow on it to be a mountain. Right. Oregon doesn't, well, we'd still name them, but you don't know the names because they're only 1,500 feet. Like, right. it's weird. Um, it is a strange one because it like, really is Like, Eugene has Mount Pisgah, but no one thinks of it as a mountain. Right, yeah. It's just 1,700 feet tall. It's not a mountain. It's technically a mountain, but no one I, here thinks it's a mountain. I think Hood gets an interesting rep because of its, like, its... Um, Oh, Mount Hood is glorious. Well, it's very prolific. Like, you know, yes. the same the same reason that like Mount um uh Mount Fuji in Japan is so well renowned is yeah. because you're looking at the horizon and there's a mountain. And there's one that's just yeah. bigger than everything else. And, and now that's Mount, Mount Hood. Hood. Um I will say that a lot of the east to west flights that come into Eugene, they will parallel Mount Hood for a good length of that. And I've even come in my approach runs into Portland um, where you're underneath the peak of Mount Hood and you're looking at the side of it. And there is not a more beautiful sight than I have ever seen. Hmm. Like I've, I've had two daughters and, and I still weep at that. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they're watching too. <laughs> <laughs> When does a rock become a stone or vice versa? I think a rock is a stone and a stone is a rock. However, a hill is not a mountain because there are geographical limits that you have to hit before one becomes the other. Yeah. Well, and I'd say a stone is more likely what you would find at the bottom of a river. You know, A rock is get... something that hasn't been eroded. Right. A stone is something that is, that is smooth. Yeah, right. Yeah. I'd agree with that. I'm not a geologist. My my sister is trying to become one. So I'll ask really? her, what's the difference between a stone and a rock? Yeah. I'll ask her next time I see her. One has its own genre of music. Mm-hmm. Rock and roll. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. It's a good good question cosworth says it is interesting being snowboarding and looking down at airliners yes the lifts go above the airline approach vector it's it's crazy uh i've been on three of them now coming into portland where we have been below the peak of mount hood and it's a crazy sight uh there there's few like it i will say wild yeah how do we get onto that topic I don't know, but we're there and it's 10 07. 10 07. We're so, closing in on the new year, Jeff. We are. We're, we're within 26 hours of it. May this year be dead and buried forever. I would fully agree with that. Jack Daniels, I know stoner music's a thing. I was just hoping <laughs> no one else knew it. <laughs> yeah stoner music's the thing as opposed to rock music i prefer a little Nora jones when i'm you know <laughs> what nothing's wrong with Nora jones why nothing's wrong with say Nora. That i joke? love Nora jones yeah 
By the way, if you need a YouTube channel to follow right now, it's freaking Nora Jones because she posts four shows a week where she's just jamming on her piano. And it's incredible. Nice. Like she, yeah, if you have not been on your, on Nora Jones YouTube page, you have not lived yet. And, and all she names it is like November 7th. (laughs) Why not? And she's just there rocking on her piano. (laughs) Um, I mean, if, if you haven't heard her sing black hole sun, uh, in concert after, after the death of, uh, gosh, what was his name? The original artist on the spot. Yeah. 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 Um, I I'm, I'm drawing a blank too, but black hole sun, uh, she did a, a rendition of black hole sun, like on the spot that will bring you to tears. Um, and my God, if there's not a, if, if you don't subscribe to my YouTube channel and drop this video, a like go over to Nora Jones and drop her a like and freaking subscribe because she's incredible and deserves every bit of it. All right. All right. Chris Cornell. Thank Jesus Christ. Somebody said something. Chris Cornell. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. 2018. I think that was, um, yeah, Chris Cornell, uh, no, she did. Uh, gosh, where was that concert at? Even I don't remember. But no, she did just a a piano and her of of Black Hole Sun, and it's probably one of the most incredible pieces of music you will ever listen to. So, anyway, on that note, <laughs> all right, I just subscribed though. So, there uh, postmodern jukebox just did a phenomenal rendition of Black Hole Sun. I need to watch that one because. Postmodern Jukebox is another one that's like, ah, just phenomenal. So subscribe to me, but also go subscribe to Nora Jones and Postmodern Jukebox. Seriously, do all three. But drop this video a like on your way there. I'd appreciate that. Yeah, do that. Make sure to look me up on Floatplane or Patreon, whichever fits your lifestyle. Whatever fits your plane. Whatever floats your plane. I like that. <laughs> um, get access to this to the dis, uh, to the Discord server. Chat with myself, yeah. Rhett, John, Steve, all the toast from all the toast. Hey, we did talk egg makers earlier. Sorry, it's on my brain. <laughs> uh, talk with all the hosts from Talking Heads uh, all through the week and take part of the Evergreen community over there. Uh, subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already. Uh, Rhett, anything to plug for uh, Game Devs Quest coming up? Nothing coming up. Um, but if you want to follow my uh, my game development podcast, we're called Game Devs Quest. You can do so by going to gamedevsquest.com. We have a Discord group too, pretty lively. Not the same beast as Craft Computing by any means. Um, oh, it started as something different though. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Remember when you had little old me on your on your podcast? I do remember that. Oh. Still one of my favorite episodes we've done. It was great. I'd love to come back. You guys should go listen to that episode. Go find Jeff on my podcast. That's right. Somebody I wasn't like even him. Jeff from Craft Computing. I was just freaking Jeff at that point. <laughs> yeah. Jeff the <laughs> VR studio guy. Jeff the VR guy. <laughs> um, yeah, that was a really fun episode. We talked about VR. We did like two episodes worth of talking and right. I mean, it is two episodes but we did a lot of a lot of talking we uh oh, it was like two taylor. hours long it was crazy yeah i brought my friend taylor down to uh 
play some VR for the first time. And uh, yeah, we had a lot of fun. That's where me and Jeff hit it off. So go find that. Um, you can find the links to our podcast, gamedevsquest.com. It'll take you to our, our host site, or you can go to wherever you get your podcast and just, just go and, or just search for Game Devs Quest, Jeff Solium, uh, and go from there. Um, otherwise, yeah. yeah, we don't, we don't got anything coming up, but, uh, go, go ahead and check that all out. Yep. And you can hit me up on Twitter at Red is awesome. That's right. Red for, is awesome. Just remember that, of, but without the of, H. Yeah. No H. R E T T is awesome. Yes. They yep. were like, can't be bothered with an H, can't be bothered with a B. So here you go, kid. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, welcome bullies. back to Craft Computing. I'm just Jeff. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> Red without an H. <laughs> yep, I'm just Jeff. Yeah, there was a time when I was just Jeff. That's weird, right? <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for watching this episode 164 of Craft Computing Talking Heads. Thank you so much for joining us. Catch us on the replay at anchor.fm or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. Join us every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Pacific time for the latest in beer and tech news. And uh, like always, we'll be back next Wednesday. Cheers, y'all. Cheers, everyone. <laughs>